0: He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet
1: the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hello, what is up? Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel audience, this is Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, which makes me Evan Wexel, and we are on episode five. That, I think, officially makes us a miniseries. For those new to the show, you can follow and listen to past episodes at awkwardwithevan.com. You can hear us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, And if you're on iTunes, please write us a five-star review and like, share, subscribe, download, just download for the sake of my statistics and then delete. It's perfectly okay. Um, But I am here and I am back. Um, I just wrapped a big uh, three. I had a three-show jaunt in the Midwest and the East Coast before I head next to Fort Myers, Florida, for Florida Gulf Coast University gonna hit them up with some greek truth um just had a gig in University of Wisconsin the Milwaukee campus they were awesome uh love the staff over there they were great i perform in a show with my wife called college of the musical a musical about college The first line of the show is 18 and fresh out of high school, sung by my wife, and she is not 18 and fresh out of high school, but even a couple of decades later, we still pulled it off, and uh, we had a great show. We actually thought, because we are not 18 and fresh out of high school, that this may have been our last College of Musical uh, performance for a few different reasons, but Uh, I think we're still going to do it. I think we're going to continue to play college students until we're well into our 40s. I think it's doable. Anyway, that's good. You can always follow my comedy stuff on funnyevan.com. Funnyevan.com. Now, what is on tap for today? I hope you guys have enjoyed the the archives, the past episodes. Um, We had a great talk with Maya last week. So here, I wanted to bring on someone that I knew – That was legit. That was someone really – it's probably this interview is the longest conversation I've ever had with this person. Um, She's a great actress, mother, poker player, uh, health advocate I could say. Uh, Definitely look up to her and, and what she stands for. Um, Shannon Burwell is going to be on today and where we got into it, had a fun little conversation. Um, I always knew her through my wife, never really spoke to her. That's kind of what it was like for me when I did move to L.A. I got to meet all these people that were technically maybe they are my friends, but really they're just friends of my wife and I just um, – they're my friends by default. So it's been hard. It's been hard to find maybe friends that I could say, these are my friends I met in L.A., but – These are definitely my friends. These are actually, for this podcast, my Facebook friends. And Shannon Burwell is a good friend and a Facebook friend. And oh, the things we spoke about. Guys, you're in for a treat. OJ Simpson, poker, motherhood, even good old mandatory vaccines. We went there, guys. We went there. So enjoy the talk. Uh, Leave some feedback where you can. And this is the one and only... Shannon Burwell. Okay, we're here on Socially Awkward with one of my longtime friends and Facebook friends. It is Shannon Burwell. Hello, Shannon.
0: Hi, Evan. So glad to be here. It
1: is great. Welcome. There's so many things you do that I want to talk about. It's so fun. Um, I think the first time I met you, it was... About a company named Wordsworth, was that right? (laughs) That's
0: true, yes.
1: And I was like, "Who's this person from Beverly Hills Playhouse that also is part of w- Wordsworth?" Cause I think I was maybe I was looking for like typing jobs or something. Was that what was that what Wordsworth was? I don't know.
0: Yeah, Wordsworth. Um, it's a it's a typing business, meaning like we do transcription. Uh, we do transcription, and um, you know, uh, but specifically for the entertainment industry. So it was like typing. Um, uh, we the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was probably our biggest client. And um, we would transcribe all of their events for them for their archives. And uh, everywhere from that to doing scripts for, um, you know, to typing scripts for DreamWorks and all kinds of stuff. But we really catered to the entertainment industry.
1: Ah, Has technology phased out Wordsworth or is it still doing as well as it used to?
0: Oh, no, technology's totally phasing out. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I saw it coming, so it's okay. So I've, I've been, you know, it's still hanging on a bit. But, um, you know, we do still have some clients and everything. But it's definitely, uh, I didn't see, I saw that technology was going in a certain direction. So I decided to not try and grow the company so much anymore. But it was, it's been great. I've had it for 15 years. Oh, cool. And I bought it, I think it was 15. It's either 14, 15. And I bought it from somebody who'd had it for 12 years. So
1: oh. yeah. Okay. Very nice. So we so we probably know each other. You did you know my wife but probably before me? Because I had no friends when I came here. So I met yes. you. Her.
0: Well, Kelly and I were very good friends. And actually, um I remember when she started dating you because I went to visit. I was in New York on a visit and we connected and she was like, you guys had just started dating. And, oh and she told me all about you and everything.
1: Oh no. Um, yes. <laughs> cool. So, um, I guess what I most now, what people now can most recently, I think recognize you from is that you are one of the biggest Marsha Clark fans. in in the history of (laughs) O.J. Simpson.
0: That is correct. That is correct. I am an actress, and I did an episode of the people versus OJ Simpson. And I play like where I'm screaming at her and it goes by very fast.
1: No, but I knew, I knew it's like, she <laughs> likes Marshall. Did she just get her haircut in that scene or was she just giving <laughs> a poor public opinion in that scene?
0: I, it was, it was just, she's coming out of the courthouse.
1: Ah, and that's
0: right. yeah, so, um, and, um, I, you know, and I just, am a super fan and, you know, been waiting outside <laughs> of the courthouse to, to tell her how much I love her. So
1: do you have other people in, in your, would, would Shannon Burwell be waiting outside anything as a fan of anyone out there right now?
0: Do you know what I, you know, I worked in development actually for a long time. So I got to meet, I worked for like very important people, you know, quote, important people sure. and, um, and met a lot of, you know, big people so I don't get that excited I get excited over like I don't know goofier people or something like I get excited over um, poker players because I love to play poker yes. or um, I get excited over maybe more you know like like C list reality stars and mm.
1: stuff like that <laughs> not, what's your reality show of choice right now or is there more than well,
0: one right now I am I'm. I just have been finishing up the Real Housewives of um, New York, which I love. I
1: love love.
0: And you think you could pull that
1: off? Could you be a Real Housewife of New York, or what's what's missing?
0: Um, what's missing that I way (laughs) too much? They don't have any chubby housewives, so
1: well, they they should probably just have like they should have an all chubby show of just the real.
0: Hello, (laughs) that'd be awesome. Hollywood (laughs) makeup. (laughs) <laughs> totally uh, like chubby people are fabulous too so amazing.
1: um yes and you mentioned you're a poker player i had to google you just a little bit because i saw that you're in a poker database of like yes. great poker players um
0: where, where- yeah well the cool thing is that um uh this is a great i i used so i played poker i mm-hmm. started playing poker when i was um in a group of people that um that I knew in fact from the Beverly Hills Playhouse mm-hmm. and they had like a regular night like once a week they they played poker and I found out about it and I'd always been intrigued with poker and I said oh you know can I can I play with you and they were like sure great new blood will take her money <laughs> and so but I ended up um loving poker and really getting into it and playing we had that Poker game going for about a year, and then a number of us kind of broke off and started going to the casinos and everything and playing there. And um, so I used to play daily tournaments, which is small; they're they're right. super small tournaments, right? And um, and I was do well at those tournaments, and I definitely would cash more than not. But um, there was a huge. Tour- I really wanted to play on my birthday this one year, and I hadn't played in a long time. And, and it, the the tournament to buy in was like three hundred and thirty dollars, mm-hmm. and it was way above what I was used to buying into a <laughs> tournament. I was used to buying in for like eighty dollars, right? So I couldn't I couldn't afford it, and so I just asked all my friends if they would. Um, chip in.
1: It's like a GoFundMe campaign for. for, for
0: Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, kind of just that I said for my birthday Ah. instead of a present, will you give me like whatever, even if it's ten bucks to you know to go into the tournament? So that's so I got I got that. Um, so I entered the tournament and it was on my birthday, Mm -hmm. and I won the flipping. It was a big tournament at the LA Poker Classic, and I won. Whoa! And yeah, so then all of a sudden it was, it's a very big deal. Like it's one of the bigger series. Um, it's one of the two biggest series in Los Angeles and it's probably, it's like a nationally known series. So to win that, and I was only one of one of two women who'd won that year, uh, um, uh, tournaments in those ser- in that series. Mm-hmm. And so then people started to be like, well, who are you? And, and so it kind of pushed me up in the poker world a little
1: bit. Holy cow. So you're, so what would happen? Like, if I if we went to Vegas together and I just said, "Here's $50, do something with it." Like, <laughs> what, what would you go do first? Like, would you go right to blackjack or would you sit down and play poker? Yeah,
0: well, now when I go to Vegas, I or, pretty much only play poker. Okay. I, so, but, you,
1: would you feel like you were cheating when you sit down at a poker table in Vegas or cuz you're like I consider you like semi-pro, but or well, do you, they kind of doesn't matter. It's all about the draw of the cards.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, well, the thing about poker is it's part part draw of the cards and part skill, mm-hmm. and that's the difference between poker and any other game that you play in Las Vegas. Right. So now it's like if I go and play blackjack, like I know I'm just playing a game of luck, right. and it's it's a little boring because right. it's like I don't have any way of changing that. Because what's great about poker is you can have the worst hand and uh-huh. still win the money.
1: Yeah. You know. Wow. <laughs> so, Yeah. So if you were to teach me how to play poker and I was like going to be like the student rising up against the teacher, like, why would you still be better than me? (laughs) Like Say you taught me everything, you know, and now I'm like, okay, let's, let's, I challenge you to a duel, Mr. Miyagi, like, let's, and you'll be like, Danielson, you're not ready. And why would, why would you still have the, what are your intangibles as a poker player?
0: Well, oh my God. I love this question. Um, so I think, well, the one thing that I'm good at is reading people. I'm very good at reading whether somebody is strong or weak mm. and I'm good at, um, so so that I'm really good at. And I'm also good at kind of telegraphing super, super subtly what I want people to think I have. Mm. So those, I think those are the qualities people in poker, If you read a poker book or you go online, people don't talk about those things as much. Mm -hmm. And they talk more about like the statistics and those things, which are very important. And they're a major, they are the game, but the other, there is that other part of it, which is, you know, like, do you know who Daniel Negreanu is? Not at all.
1: No, I okay, he's a,
0: it, he's a pro poker. He's like one of right. the biggest pro poker players, and he's just a genius at at that. Like he is incredible, and you watch him, and he'll he'll just call out the. Not only will he know if you're weak or strong, he'll know the exact two cards you have, and you're like, Whoa. how could he even know that? It's incredible.
1: Well, do you want to share like one piece of body language, and when you recognize them, you're like, oh, I got this guy. Like he's 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 he has nothing. Like or could you? Yes. Could, okay.
0: Okay. So when the cards, when the dealer flips the cards over on the table so that you can see them. Okay. The if if the player has nothing or it doesn't hit his hand, meaning like he doesn't match a card or it, it doesn't make his hand stronger,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he'll continue to just he'll he'll stare at the cards. Whoa. But if he, if, if it hits his hand, his eye flicks a little bit to the, like, to the side. And so, like, you know that it hits something. Now, you don't know what or how strong, mm-hmm. but you know that, like, he's got something in his hand now, that it's not a weak hand.
1: Right. So. Wow. That,
0: and and the weird thing is, is it's in one of the major, that Tal is in one of the major poker books that everyone who, you know, who's in poker reads mm-hmm. and I see almost nobody use it. And it's like a genius tell.
1: <laughs> it's awesome. Um, wow. Do you, so what's, what's in the, are you going to be doing another competition soon or?
0: Um, you know what? We just, I just went to the world series of poker um, and I didn't play any of the major ones, but I did play the daily the the dailies there are like the series here. So I played um the daily deep stack, which is, I mean, frequently the winner makes forty to fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's incredible. But I cashed in it um in one of them, so that was good. But Yeah, but I don't have any huge things coming up. But
1: but um, you could, if you wanted to, you could register for the World Series of Poker main tournament, or you'd have to play into it.
0: No, you can. Anybody can just go up and pay to be in it. Anybody, right? But But um,
1: then there's like these subsidiary tournaments that you can kind of join into.
0: Yeah, there's what happens is in Las Vegas during the World Series is Mm -hmm. that other casinos also end right. up having their series because they know poker players are going to be in town right. and poker players get tired of just playing at the Rio or the world series is. Right. So they want to go to different places, have different buy-in levels, you know, cause everything at the world series is expensive. Right. Even their, their lowest one. Well, now their lowest one is 565, which is the Colossus, but they, most of the lowest ones are a thousand dollars. And so that's, you know, that's a, that's a chunk. <laughs>
1: You see, I can only compare that to WrestleMania because, like, when WrestleMania comes to town, that's, like, the big thing in the stadium. But then there's, like, all these other independent promotions that'll, like, piggyback on it and they'll Mm. rent out the bingo halls and the lesser venues. But, like, fans will want to get, like, a different flavor while they're there. Totally. eh.
0: Totally. That sounds just like it. Yes.
1: Uh, Very nice. Very nice. Um, Let's see. I know also going back to the acting, you were – you were in Kelly's uh Delicate Art of Being Single web series, weren't yes, you? Like?
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> that was so much fun. Oh my gosh. W- I had a blast. And it was, like, a great character, too, Who that I got Were to you, play. like, a
1: breakup consoler for her? Like, a friend? <laughs> I forget.
0: Yeah, no, it was, like, the op- – I was more, like, the opposite. Like, you should be breaking up with him. He's terrible. Like, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Where I was, like, kind of – I was the – in a couple, annoying couple that thinks that, you know, I know everything.
1: So – Right, because Jed Rigney directed that whole thing, and I think the the big gimmick of the the whole thing was we were doing the whole video with a with a flip camera. Back yes. When, <laughs> who, who would think iPhones would supplant flip cameras that only did one thing when oh iPhones did fifty? Um, well, but yeah, was, flip.
0: I miss flip cameras though. There's something yeah. great about that simplicity. True.
1: Yeah. True. I mean, you could. Were you able to edit on there? Or Was it just for filming? No, just for filming, cool. so you
0: had to edit and yeah i I shot a short on a flip, and um it was uh it was a great experience, but i'm not an editor, and so the person had to like it was it was difficult the editing process
1: uh, so <laughs> um anyway. Let's even go more backwards. Then even more early, there was Seventh Heaven. Was this true? You were on an aspect of Seventh Heaven? Yes,
0: I played. I was a guest star on Seventh Heaven. Whoa,
1: okay, that was cool. <laughs> I did get to meet Jessica Biel once. Uh-uh.
0: What? That's well, awesome. Here's,
1: here's my story. Jessica Biel and I went to the same college. I was a senior and she was a freshman. And mm-hmm. we both sat in on drugs and behavior. Uh, that was the name of our class at Tufts for one day. And then I dropped it. Fast forward 10-ish years and I'm in the Hollywood Improv and Kelly and I are performing and, you know, she's doing her stuff. Then I'm doing my stuff and I swear like I thought we saw Justin Timberlake standing outside. So we get into the club and we're sitting in the back and we're like right off Justin and Jessica and their entourage's table. We then – after our sets, we go into the Improv Bar and they come out. And then I go up to Jessica. I'm like, Jessica, we went to Tufts together. We were in Drugs and Behavior, and she like lit up. Like, like we actually knew each other when we didn't. But oh my god! Then she introduced me to Justin. Like, Justin, <gasps> this guy went to college with me, and he was he was the best. I mean, he just hosted the ESPYS, and that's like the best Hollywood. When people ask, "Do you meet any celebs?" I'm like, that's the best story. Oh my gosh, I them.
0: love that. Especially you got to meet both of them. It was like a twofer.
1: Yeah. I mean it doesn't work when you try to tell the story to like other people that happen to be celebs when they're – and then they reply like, yeah, I went to acting class with them. I'm like, oh, OK. I get it. <laughs> Popular, famous peer of them. Um,
0: right, right. Nice. That's so great.
1: All right, guys. The Greatness with Shannon Burwell will continue – where we will get into the fun world of mandatory vaccines and I will let her turn the tables on me and let her ask me anything she's ever wanted to know about me because apparently I am a mystery to many people because I never talk around them in public. But cue the creepy jazz music. I want to talk to you guys about patreon.com. Patreon.com is a website of which I have a page where I am looking for supporters to keep my podcast rolling and keep my podcast free. Consider it a recurring Kickstarter, maybe, or just consider it uh, supporting something you like that gives you enjoyment. Uh, I try to do these once a week. I would love to do them more. If I were to interview every one of my 4,600 plus Facebook friends, it would take me roughly over 12 years if I did one a day. But here's where you guys come in. To at least get me on the road to hitting my goals for this podcast, I have set up reward tiers for you guys. If you go to patreon.com slash Evan for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. Even for $3 a month, I will give you an official Awkward Army certificate. I will design it myself. For $5 or more a month, I will follow you on Twitter or any social media you so desire. Uh, I am reworking how much the other tiers are, but I will tell you this. I have a new cell phone wallet that I'm really happy with. That is a quite a good convenience for anyone that does not like carrying a big, hunky wallet or purse around and just likes to throw an ID and a credit card in the back of your cell phone. That is the purpose of the cell phone wallet. I also have reward opportunities where you guys could be on the show yourself, whether we're friends or not, and it even goes all the way up to you getting title sponsorship of this show, and me saying you every time I say the name of this podcast. So what do you have to do? You gotta go to patreon.com slash funnyevan, check out more about the show, why I'm doing the show, and how much you'd want to help you can change your commitment level any month you want you can set limits to how much you want to give. I figure a dollar a month I mean we could find that uh, at the coin star near Ralph's in LA um, but we probably would make uh, someone unhappy because those are their coins and so why are we taking them well we're taking it to support the podcast which is okay. Um, so guys go to patreon.com/ slash funny Evan and if you have any questions, Feel free to reach out to the show at Awkward with Evan on Facebook and Twitter. And now here is more Shannon. Farewell. So let's 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 make it a little dicey here because um we're both on the side of uh we we're not in favor. We're we're in California.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: we have this thing going on where uh man, it just stinks. Uh I guess it's now you have to get every single vaccine in California um, or else your kids can't go to public or private school or daycare much or less. That's uh, true. Are, what, what could be your argument for the other side of the – like what could be the herd immunity argument you think? Like, <sighs> like where do you think they're coming from but you know where are they really coming from? Well,
0: here's the thing yeah. I think most parents like they just really care you know they're they're doing their best for their kids, right, and so, um, I think that um the pharmaceutical industry has done a good job of making parents afraid of kids who aren't vaccinated because uh it serves their purposes, sure, <laughs> and so most parents think that there's some threat if you know uh if if other kids aren't vaccinated and of course you know if, god forbid you know lots and lots of droves of people stop becoming vaccinated you know what's going to happen right. to their children and 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 so um they're they're big hearted and they really care um but i think the problem with that is that people is that First of all, kids who aren't vaccinated—if vaccines worked so well—then there shouldn't be a threat. Whether you know, if they—if only one percent of the population was vaccinated, sure. like no, nothing should be a problem to the kids who are. But the problem is, is they don't work. They don't always work, um there's certain vaccines that don't, and so then they know they don't work weirdly, mm. and then they still so now they're st- so they're in the middle and they're still afraid. so I think the other side from a parent's point of view, well what's really going on is big pharma just trying oh. to sell vaccines. <laughs>
1: I, know. I mean, it's just like if you want to clean it up a little, I mean, I guess, you know, Jim Carrey kind of put his reputation on the line by calling our governor a fascist. But, <laughs> uh, you just, you just, it's kind of like, do you want to get the regular food at the supermarket or do you want to get organic or do you want to get non GMO? Because right now, the vaccines are kind of like the processed equivalent of fast food. And I mean, I have like friends that are like huge pro vaccine. I can totally see their side. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, but more and, but a lot of them are also like, you gotta have a kid to know, like have, have you, have your kids had any negative stuff with vaccines ever or.
0: You know what? My kids, um, it was really, my kids are adopted. And so when we were, when we met my daughter's birth mother mm-hmm. um before my daughter was born mm-hmm. she said you're not vaccinating are you right. and i was like what like i i was like oh no oh okay. definitely not and then i'm like okay why aren't we vaccinating and so huh. So I did research into it and I agreed with her. Wow. I was like, yeah, I was like I totally get why she has that viewpoint and I'm so glad that she drew it to our attention. Um because we hadn't done the research ahead and and gosh only knows what would have happened. Um so my kids have not been vaccinated and right. they're super healthy. They're sure. just doing great and so I'm I'm really glad. Um I would I, I think too that um, you know, I got concerned because my daughter just on red food dye, if she yeah. has that in her system, she goes crazy. Whoa. She's like a psycho crazy, like I don't know what happened to my daughter, and that's just red food dye that she ingested, you know, that went through the digestive system. That's Whoa. not like Aluminum and, you know, other – and formaldehyde and other preservatives that got mainlined into our blood,
1: you know? Yeah. My – but well, Beckett, I mean, I had all my vaccines and I guess my personal story was Kelly and I, we went to South Africa before Beckett was born. So, you know, you get your shots before you go up for malaria and everything. I just Mm -hmm. thought the ironic thing is we get there and, you know, we go to a safari and we ask – the people that work there like, so you guys have your malaria vaccines? And they're like, No, we never had shots or anything. We're 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 fine. So like I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> oh but, wow. But Beckett's last shot, he was out of it for like two weeks. It was literally oh. like two weeks of him saying, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. So I mean, I think parents just have to watch out, out for their effects, those effects to happen. Um, yeah. But the, it's like – Did you do
0: anything? Did you do anything? Like did you um, use any homeopathics or
1: some kind of natural thing to try and uh, detox him from that effect? We did or, a few things. I think mm-hmm. we did. We talked to our friend Jen about it a little bit about how to detox him. But we'll, we'll see. I mean – We'll we'll try to see if we can get a way around it um, going forward. But uh, man, what was I going to say? It's just ironic because like the doctor that like pushed this thing through in California, like he blocked me on Twitter because I accused him of (laughs) taking lobbyist (laughs) money. But <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know why you'd think that since a lobbyist was talking in his ear during the hearing, Not to put it to
1: vote when everyone is yelling at him and then when they take the vote, like they swap in these senators or whoever to push it through. Anyway. Oh, it terrible. It's like the ironic thing would be like, even if like he didn't want his own kids to not get vaccinated for one thing that may have been unsafe, for say there's like one vaccine of like the forty or thirty that are out there right now. Even he couldn't, like, say, I don't want to because he put the law there that says he doesn't have the right to be a doctor to his own child. Hello. So it would just be so ironic. I don't know how I could make that funny. But. uh, (laughs) Well, you know
0: what? I think the thing is, is it's, uh, you know, if he I'd be curious to know he he may not his kids may not be vaccinated. Like, I mean, you don't even know. Right. like, Like, he might just totally know what he's doing and totally know
1: that he's just, you know, screwing people over. He could just write his own exemptions maybe. Like, who knows? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And you,
0: you don't even know.
1: Oh, right. So. Plus, the I didn't the mention thing his name. Is, I do not get yeah. sued. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>
0: Well the thing is to me that I I think just parents really need a choice. Sure. You know, I feel like if they really feel the need, I understand the need to vaccinate. I do. Yeah. I wish though that enough parents felt like really understood so that they they would stop vaccinating because if they stopped enough people stopped vaccinating mm-hmm. then the vaccine companies would have a reason to then change the preservatives right. so that more people would feel safer about vaccinating because if the preservatives were not the way they are now i might feel differently than mm-hmm. i do
1: yeah, I mean it's just like, you know, may even add labeling like the same food labeling that somehow mysteriously keeps getting voted down uh to everyone. But yeah, definitely more information is better. I think that's just the key that's missing. Exactly. Um, yeah. And
0: also, did you know I just found out too that the um that the people who have uh like state aid, right? for health insurance mm-hmm. have different vaccines than the kids who have private insurance. Oh wow. And I'm tr- yeah, and part of it is I'm the the thing is that there's cost involved, the costs are different, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to figure out too like it, are the um ingredients different and that's what I would like to know. Sure. I don't know that and I'd be
1: curious. Cuz I'm about to change probably from the the state provided to the Cause when when the whole Obamacare went in effect, like I had so many write offs that it looked like I was on poverty. Like after uh-huh. everything was settled, <laughs> but now it's like okay, doing a little better. Uh, I, I'll probably have to. I mean, I guess I'll. I think the goal is probably just get the SAG insurance, get hit that SAG. After Hello,
0: special. I know it's so great. The Screen Actors Guild insurance
1: is so terrific. Have you ever had it?
0: I had it steadily for six years. Oh, cool! And it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, I know it's I, like uh, it's like the, you know, I think people who aren't in the industry don't mm-hmm. realize that that it's its own goal is to have the SAG insurance. Yes. You know, it's like if you have Screen Actors Guild insurance, you've reached a pinnacle in your career. It's like you know? a lottery,
1: I guess. For you know, forget the Oscars. <laughs> I got SAG. I'm waiting for the Oscar winner to go up there. I would like to thank SAG for providing me some sweet insurance. <laughs>
0: Totally.
1: Totally. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Excellent. Well, let's turn around. Do you have any questions for me? Is there anything about your host that you've ever wanted to know? Because we've only had like passing conversations because you know my wife and this podcast is kind of a weird way. For me to probably have the longest conversations I've ever had with every single episode of this podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I love it. I love this because I've always adored you. And we haven't had enough time to just sit and chat. Um, So, yes, the answer is I do. Oh, my gosh. I want to know how you got so involved in wrestling. I think it's hysterical and wonderful. And um, and I want to know how you also... Like, instill that love in your son.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, this is the best. This will take another 30 minutes. Okay, <laughs> great. Well, I was always a wrestling fan growing up, um, in the 80s and just watching WWE. They had shows on Saturday and Sundays on just public TV here in New York, and uh, I just watched it all the time and I would try to get. And back in the 80s, you know, if you wanted to watch WrestleMania after the fact or you'd have to like – I went to like a camera store and there were like VHS tapes you would buy. So I would uh, try to like rent them from the camera store to watch old like WrestleMania 2 or WrestleMania 1 with Mr. T and Hulk Hogan and I was always into it. I fell out of it in high school but then I got back into it in college because – my fraternity brothers were, were in it for – because there were like two big shows at the time. There was mm-hmm. WWE and mm-hmm. WCW and those two shows were at each other's throat. Like for example, oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan left WWE and went to WCW. Yeah. Um, other people left WWE, went to WCW. They were beating WWE oh, okay. and then all of a sudden, of course, you never bet against Vince McMahon. So he ultimately <laughs> like had better <clears throat> had better ideas – so they put like, they actually won that war of wrestling shows. WWE bought WCW. So for the last, I'd say 12-ish or so years, they've kind of had no like legitimate competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Beckett in the background. He does that a lot. Um, Hi, Beckett. <laughs> yeah. So what, what I think really took off for me getting back into wrestling was two things. One is that there's now a WWE network where it's like over the top. Like if you get an Apple TV, for example, you have like Netflix and Hulu, and now you also have like a WWE network for like 10 bucks a month.
0: Are you kidding? I had no idea. That's amazing. It's, it's the best thing.
1: It actually, it actually, what happened was, you know, they gave them like high expectations. Like we're going to launch this over the top network instead of people paying $60 a month for a pay-per-view on cable for $10 a month, you can stream all our major events You can watch a variety of all these shows we're going to create. You can watch old – every old event of wrestling we've ever done. Like every old WrestleMania, every old SummerSlam. Um, You could watch wrestling from the 80s or 70s in like different parts of the country. Um, So it's like – it's literally like IMDb meets netflix and it's like (laughs) on over the top (laughs) oh my god so the cool thing i think so i got into that and at the same time i got an iphone and i was on a blackberry for a few years Mm -hmm. and i realized that there's like a jillion wrestling podcasts so i didn't want to just have a wrestling podcast i just wanted to you know keep it mixed but like from listening to all these like super fans talk about it from like a very like uh, intelligent point of view I was suddenly getting back into it more and more mm. and, uh, but Beckett Beckett was really just watching it with me and I mean today he's probably more of a, a superhero like Marvel and DC kind of person right now I mean he's probably running around right now playing with Spider-Man and Win- Winter Soldier so
0: yeah but come on it's I mean not every kid has a viral um, you know, viral videos of him, you know, with that knows, you know, that he knows all those wrestling themes. Like that's that's its own thing. Right. Like that's kind of amazing.
1: And I want to give him more credit because. When we when this thing went viral, it was at a time where the expectations of how many subscribers the WWE network would have was falling under. Like maybe they expected a million and they only had six hundred thousand. So like their whole like financial model is now so reliant on it where you know they had a period of like layoffs and the stock value was going down. And and then when this video came around, I like to pretend it was like a beacon of hope for them to rally around so that when we went to visit their headquarters two years ago, it was like, here's the kid from the video. And uh, even two years later, uh, this website wrote an article of all the YouTube videos that WWE's account liked. And they chronicled like the weirdest ones. But then there's like, here are all the weird ones, but at least we can always watch this one over and over again. And that one was Beckett's original video. Wow. That's so great. So that was a website, UpRox. They were really cool about that. So that's, but right now, WWE, their stock is fine. They're, they've hired people <laughs> and they're, they have, I think like 1.6 million subscribers around the world to this network. Oh my God! So, so Beckett
0: totally saved them. Yeah,
1: I think Beckett was the those the savior. I love it of all of wrestling. <laughs> I can I can promote that. Yeah, sure. And so, did he
0: drill those? Like, did, I, were, I did you th- drill them with him, well, or what, did he just know them?
1: Well, he knew them. So, like that when I did want to just like sit with him one night when Kelly was out, like the intention was never like put them on YouTube. Like I made those. We did a couple of takes. And one of the wrestlers in the video was actually fired, and he's now back, but then he was fired again. But So I was hesitant about putting it online because it was a guy that was fired in the list. But Mm -hmm. I just figured, let's just throw it on YouTube and just just for a father, son, whatever. And uh, yeah, I guess I I tweeted it to some people and then – some important people were retweeting it and some wrestlers were acknowledging it. And it was an amazing occurrence. Like I was just in my parents' living room and I was just watching all these like in inbox messages of just like this person liked it. This person commented, this person subscribed, this person subscribed, this person. Before the video, I had like a hundred YouTube subscribers. Now I'm at like over 7,200. Wow. Just because of Beckett. So like, (laughs) So I piggyback off it to get like comedy video views. But then I'll know like if I'm doing too much of me, I'll get comments like, we want more videos of Beckett. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Or if I post a video of Beckett, they're like, thank you. We like videos of Beckett. He's getting very big. (laughs) That's so great. Oh, my gosh. And the one more thing I'll say is that. If I go on his Facebook page – before the video, I made a Facebook page when he was born. He had like 300 likes maybe. Now he has nearing like 2,900 likes. And if you look at the statistics of where these people are from, (laughs) (laughs) yes, New York and LA are in the top five. But I think the top three are like Pakistan, India and Egypt. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like those like – I guess like in the Middle East, there's not a lot to do. So you gotta just watch (laughs) wrestling videos on YouTube and. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Well, I
0: have another question okay. for you. Oh, so what's it like? I, you know, because you go around to colleges, right. um, and you know, take your comedy act to colleges and everything, and you do that a lot. Right. And I, you are the, like, first of all, you look like you could still be in college, I even though, yes, so even though I, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, not, but right. Um, and so is it. Is it fun for you to continually be around in, in colleges in that age? Are you like, all right, when am I going to graduate? Or are you like, no, this is my key. I love college. I wish I could have just stayed in college. Or
1: um, I don't. I don't wish I stayed in college, but I definitely like being around the let. There's like the kind of like the students. There's like there's just like less mass attached to all of them
0: in mm, a way. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's kind of cool. I mean, in terms of my material. Um, I'm always like struggling with like, you know, I do feel like I have to like kind of be more and more responsible a little bit, the older I get. So it's kind of like, what's okay, what's not okay. Um, (laughs) so I feel like I've been tailoring it down and I always try to check before every show about content and all that. But I still like the the persona I I project, I think, is is one that could keep doing it forever. I mean, it's like if you take the like comedians like Robin Williams, I mean, they could probably have the energy if they wanted to, they could have just done colleges until like they were sixty. Totally. So uh I'll still hang around with it as long as my voice hangs in there on stage and I can sing decently I'll I'll still do it. I mean and I'm always connected to my fraternity. My next show is University of Minnesota in in a a Theta Chi there, so it's I like it because I can still pull off being like that. Like I don't come off like I'm someone. Really, see, I'm at an age now where I'm old enough to be their parent if I made a bad decision in high school. (laughs) If I messed up in high school, that's that's the age I'm at
0: right
1: right yeah and
0: do, and how has your material changed then like what like give me an example of something that it's, shifted when it, you became you felt you were like i oh, that that's not really
1: responsible um, i mean i had a song about my wife's sexual history and i was like do i really keep want to do i want to keep playing that because i don't want to like sing about her and then have and she likes the song and we have it in our musical but i don't want to play it and have like the girls in the audience feel self-conscious and, you know, I don't want to like miss anything that they've done. So right I'll, I'll kind of <laughs> spare them that. Um, there's other, like, there's a, there's a, con- there's a website F my life. And I still, I'm kind of like on the fence. Like I like having students volunteer their own FMLs about their own life. Cause I play a song about the website and then they have a a contest to see whose life, who wants to, whose life is the most unfortunate, or had, or whose life had something they want to get off their chest. So I don't know if I want to like acknowledge the bad. If I, I don't know if that song is acknowledging the bad too much, when really it's not. But if I right. have a, an issue with it, then I'll I'll just stop writing stuff, uh, or I'll just stop doing it, just in case. Right. So right. that's the biggest struggle. Um, but. It's fine. I mean I still love doing it. I still love bringing people on stage and messing with them and it's, it's a blast. It's still a blast and it. I mean my last show I did in Vermont, I I'd, I didn't want to do uh, – the Labor, Labor Day weekend at, rental car rates were outrageous okay, so I just drove stop. with my, wom- my mom Would to Vermont. So that was I got oh, my mom be, I got my mom to be like my Uber driver all the way there and then she <laughs> went to like I'd sleep in and she goes to like the Norman Rockwell Museum in in Vermont and I would just be sleeping and it was good. So,
0: thanks mom. You've a good mom, mom. I, to I, do
1: that. I know. I like went downstairs to drop off Beckett with with them and there's like this huge breakfast spread which is ridiculous. It's like it's like CC Sunday brunch spread. It's kind of nuts.
0: Oh, and you have a good mom, too, that you would be in the car for with her for that long and not want to kill her.
1: Well, true. She well, here's her thing. Here's because obviously there's actually Um, Ric Flair was a is a wrestler that used to now his daughter is in WWE. So they travel together and I'm sure they drive each other nuts because there's like going to be an episode of them driving together. But with me and my mom, (laughs) she like. Even though I have Waze and that's the superior GPS app to do, Mm -hmm. she will still like want to put her navigation on on her car even though it will tell her to do the wrong thing. She just likes to see the map and sometimes like I don't trust like – I don't know how much time she leaves for herself before red lights. So I, there were a few times where I was, like, talking to Kelly on the phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm driving here with my mom still. She's on strike three. <laughs> so so but she, she did it well. We had a day where we drove from Vermont yeah, to eastern Long miss. Island into the city, Manhattan, then back to Long Island. And she did. She must have pulled in, like, eight hours of driving that day.
0: Wow. she came
1: through. That was pretty pretty nuts. That's but awesome. We, we made it out the other side. But that's – it's fun. She liked listening to – classical music on Sirius, so i'll let her have that i mean when i have to drive four hours i mean i don't get the chance to just like mess around on my phone and do whatever so it was a definite luxury ah that's so great how fun
0: mom chauffeur
1: yeah so that's the dealio
0: yeah well awesome
1: yeah so this was awesome Shannon um I guess before I let you go and get back to family is there anything you would like to promote or any message you would like to put out there uh <laughs> closing argument closing statement for yourself
0: oh my gosh that's hysterical um I am very excited that People vs. O.J. Simpson is up for a bunch of Emmy Awards. I and still have though- to see
1: the last three episodes. Just oh, so you know, cool. I have yeah. to buy like them on iTunes or something. Even yeah. though I kind of know how it ends, I still want to know how it ends. I think it's still on demand. If you have on demand, I was looking. I think they pulled the episodes, but mm, okay. And, and have um, you seen? Have you seen the ESPN documentary at all, or just not so much? They did no, the I yeah, haven't.
0: You know the thing, but um, uh, but I'd like to see it. Right. And you know, I lived it. Like I remember yeah, where yeah. I was when he, you know, and I was living here in Los Angeles when wow. it happened. So um but anyway, so Sorry. so I would say I'm excited for that. So I'm yep. excited to see and if Sarah Paulson wins the Emmy Award. Oh she was the since best since she was she was the best, she's incredible in that role. And um because my scene is with her and I'm encouraging her so much, I like to think that I contributed to her Emmy I Award.
1: Think, I think she wins and then just like on the big screen, it's your line that Hello. projects out. Marsha,
0: we love you, Basha. Exactly. I think I need to have a GIF. Yes, of my, that's of what my I have
1: to say. Like on the GIF <laughs> keyboard, we need to create one and upload it because you can.
0: Oh, t- co- totally! That would be awesome. I so don't know there. How to do it. Yes, and I would also say um, that if you have any questions about vaccines, just to do some research and sure. do research for yourself, and not just not just go to your doctor because your doctor gets paid because you your kid is vaccinated True. gets paid more by the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't know that, that's important. And um, just that I'm really happy to talk to you. You know, it's. A public forum, but I don't care any time to talk to you. Evan is fantastic, oh, and I appreciate fabulous. it. Fabulous.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. So let me uh, let me synthetically uh, end the call, and then you can stay on, and we can say our farewells.
0: Okay, great. Okay,
1: all right. Well, thanks for coming on, Shannon. Uh, do you have a, like a website? Do you want people to follow you anywhere? Or oh, sure,
0: like that? sure. Um, I'm at Cinema Bella. C I N E M. A B E L L A on Twitter and Instagram. And it's Shannon Burwell on Facebook if you want to find me. And I
1: have my website, shannonburwell.com. Boom. Go there, people. All right, Shannon. Thanks so much. We'll see you further up the road. All right. Take care, Evan. Okay. All right, guys. That was Shannon Burwell bringing the heat, bringing the truth, bringing the fun, bringing the questions uh great time talking with her uh again longest conversation we ever had who knew facebook friends could make good real friends as well um definitely check out shannon burwell's website and ask her any questions uh i loved the poker stuff but was also interested in in the vaccine stuff uh ain't nothing wrong with getting a little more knowledge in Yanagan. so uh we are going to have another episode next week. Who's going to be on? It's a surprise because I don't know because I got to see who's going to write me back. But I have a cue. It's going to be great. Uh, Again, check out us, the podcast, at awkwardwithevan.com. Go to Awkward With Evan on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, You can hear us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Tune in, and if you'd like to be a supporter for as little as $1 a month, patreon.com slash funnyevan. It has been a good one, guys. Wish you well. See you soon. If you smell what awkward is cooking. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.